0: Welcome to The Edge Act, the podcast where we explore the intersection of human stories and business success. I'm your host, Carolyn Crawford, and I'm thrilled to have you join me as we explore the minds of entrepreneurs, marketers, and visionaries who have mastered the art of alchemizing their personal journeys into their business success and learn how you can apply what they've learned to your own business. So whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply someone fascinated by the power of human stories, The Edge Effect is here to offer you insights, inspiration, and a fresh perspective on what it truly means to make your mark in the world. Get ready to be moved, motivated, and challenged as we embark on this incredible journey together. So let's begin. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this is The Edge Effect. Hello everyone. I am with the fabulous Amanda Hoffman, co-founder of Go to Market, a company that creates custom print on demand merchandise shops for businesses. Amanda, welcome. I'm so excited to learn more about you, Go to Market, and the human story behind the brand. Thank
1: you. I'm really excited to talk to you about this. It's it's great to connect with you.
0: You too. Okay, so Go to Market, I'm obsessed with. And actually before we get into Go to Market because I have so many questions for you around it. I wanted to dive in a little bit more about your career background. How did you start? What does that look like prior to go to market?
1: Sure. Um, well, I started after college as an Excel monkey. So I was just like doing formulas for a lot of years and I liked doing it. Like I, I didn't hate that, but I hated everything around it. Like I hated going into an office every day and like sitting from this hour to that hour, I felt really weird that I was like with people in an office more than I was with like my friends and family. Um, Just the whole thing felt like wearing an itchy sweater. Like I just hated it hated it. And like my hate only grew and I was extremely miserable. Um, and I met with career coaches and just like took every personality test, trying to figure out what I should be doing. And, um, especially cause like all my friends were going on to get graduate degrees and head into their professional careers. And I just felt stagnant. Um, and then through all of this work, I started an events company for women in New York city called urban girl squad. And I absolutely found myself there. Like entrepreneurship lit me up like a fire from inside out. I felt like even when things were hard, I was thriving. Um, Like even at the worst, I still liked my, like there's that cheesy beach thing where it's like the worst day at the beach is better than the best day. Like, in the office or something. And <laughs> I, yes. And I feel that way about entrepreneurship, that my worst day in entrepreneurship is still better mm. than my best day in the office. And it's yeah. just like, you know, entrepreneurship is a really hard road, but like, if you're called to it, like that's how, that's how you're going to be happy. So I ran this networking group for um, like five years or so. And then I sold it just before my second child was born Um, And I was home with my kids for a while. I started um, a children's toy business that I very quickly abandoned when I realized what the retail industry was like. And then I floundered a little bit. And when I learned about print on demand, that was when I, the spark completely came together for go to market, because I realized that I want to talk to business owners about how to do merchandise and swag in a much better, more efficient, strategic way, and print on demand is where it's at. And it's this technology that's been around for a while, but shocking to me is that people don't seem to know very much about it. So okay.
0: that's amazing. That's how I'm not here, I love it, and I have so many questions. So, first of all, thank you for sharing the background and how you felt because I think so many people and myself included relate to what you just said of like entrepreneurship is so difficult. (laughs) Like every, that's probably like the number one common thread of every single interview I've had thus far. It's so difficult, but it is still better than the best, like, you know, the best day at the office, because it's just exactly what you just said. It's like, if there's freedom, you have, you, you can choose your passion and, So I'm curious and before I get again I have so many questions about go to market because I and I want to talk about the the technology and I want to talk about especially your passion for for the industry but Mm -hmm. can you share just briefly about the process of like starting Urban Girl Squad that's what it was called right yeah Mm -hmm. can you share like Especially because now you're in a different, in a sort of in a different phase of life, right? Of like yes. you, you have a very successful business that it doesn't seem y- like you're going to be, you know, departing from anytime soon and whatnot. So it's like, what was that? What is, what was something that like you were doing differently then that you, you kind of changed in this step now with go to market?
1: Like, how did I start this business differently than my first business?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, it's like night and day. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) the first, I feel like my first company was very much just like proving to myself, like, can I do it? Mm -hmm. Can I make a, a company that makes money and can I sustain it? And so I felt like I was running on this treadmill of like trying to prove that I could do it. Um, and it felt like the treadmill was going to disappear out from under me at any second. I was going to fall off a cliff, like a Looney Tunes character. Yeah. It was just like running in this like breathless sort of like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Away. Like, is it okay? Can I do it like month to month? I didn't feel, um, super secure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I started the business. Then I made a business plan. I took a lot of wrong turns. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also was at a time in my life where I could work 24 hours a day and there were kind of no consequences. So I just did that. And it worked for me very well at the time. And then when I had kids, it was like, Oh wait, I can't, work like that and be with my kids mm-hmm. in the way that I want to be with my kids so that yeah. was when you know when I, I managed it when my daughter was born and then when I was pregnant with my son I was like I cannot do two kids yeah. In this business. yeah, the way I'm doing it now yeah um which is not to say that you can't have two kids in a business I have that now of course, but the yeah. way that I had designed the first one was it was it was designed in such a way that I was running it like A million hours of the day, and everything was always on fire. So, when I started this business, I was like, okay, my kids are my passion project. This doesn't need to be like absolutely everything in my life the way that my first business was. So, I chose an industry that I love and that is also like not on fire. Like, it's, I, I love it. And I think it's very important to business and, and it's also very joyful. And it's also like, I don't know, like I'm not an ER doctor, like it's merchandise, It's okay. Like if I need to go to my kid's school for the day and volunteer, like the call can wait a day. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I tend to work with other moms and solopreneurs and people who just sort of like, we're all in the same boat here. And my business partner is also a mom. She's got kids the same age as my kids. And we're just like of the same mind. I just had a call yesterday where I was, um, a new client who's going to start working with us. And I was like, okay, well we should either start soon or start in mid-September because, you know, end of August. And she was like, oh yeah, end of August. It's like no mom is getting anything done for work at the end of August or they're doing it under like duress. Cause it's, it's just like, (laughs) Your yeah. kids are home. And, and also, I don't know. I, I want, I, this business, I want to complement my life, not be my whole life. Um, and I am proud of what I've been able to accomplish in that area here.
0: I'm truly obsessed with everything you just said. Like <laughs> it's, it's so important because, and I, I really love that you, use the term, like you, you phrase it as like, your kids are your passion project. Like they, they come first. They are the things that you are mo- things. I'm sorry. <laughs> they they are the parts of your life that are just so they just matter. You know, it's the most important thing. And so, and I think that so often, and I've fallen into this trap of like the way that the working world was and is it like before you started out your own, it was just like falling into that hustle, recognize. And like you said, right? It was doing almost the exact opposite of what you did the first business into this <laughs> one because yes. you're very much like, well, that's not sustainable. Like I had the ability to do it, but now I don't. And I've definitely fallen into that trap of being like, oh wait, what I'm doing, like the world's not ending right now, right? Like you don't have to, the, the call can wait yeah. a day. It's an Instagram
1: post. Like everyone's gonna live right. if the post is an hour early or an hour late, or it just doesn't happen. Like it's okay. Yeah.
0: I okay. I want to touch on that point because I think so many people get into this analysis paralysis and also this perfectionism mindset of like, oh my god, this had a typo or this wasn't good. And like, okay, I get that. I'm a perfectionist as well, and like, I struggle with it. And I have to get to, a po- I had to get to a point where it's like, you just got to get it out there. You just mm-hmm. have to do it. And I honestly, like even with this podcast, like it was not perfect. That's why I did it be- in the imperfection originally, because I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm using zoom and I'm using my like crappy wired headphones originally. Like I was, it was like, it can't be perfect. And I think that sentiment, like you just said, right. It's like, the world is not on fire. You're not saving a life. You're not you're you chose something that that is meaningful that provides a lot of value, but it's it's you the whole point of entrepreneurship is that you can make it your own and it can fit it can complement your life like you said specifically, so.
1: yeah, and to be clear, like in my first business what I wanted was to work obsessively around the clock. Like that nourished me at that time in yeah. my life. That was very much what I wanted to be doing. But when my priorities shifted, of course. The business couldn't shift with me, not that dramatically. Yeah. So when I was starting this company, it was I was coming from a very different perspective. And I also went into this company with a clearer profit motive. Like the first one was like, I'm going to do this thing and I really hope it makes money. Mm -hmm. And this time I was like, I'm not doing anything unless it makes money. Right. And like a starting point, like (laughs) we're beginning there. I'm not trying to prove a point. Like I want to do something that's fulfilling and awesome. That makes me money.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that's another thing that I mean by passion project. Like, you know, a lot of people are passionate about something. They want to turn it into a business and it's like, You absolutely can do that, but being intentional about the money side of things is, I think, important early on.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think that's something I definitely have learned on my journey because, like, I set out on my own and it it was a combination of, like, I knew I wanted this business to be not just, like, a side project or, you know, just to get me out of the day-to-day of in-house But like I think a lot of people go through that and I think a lot of people go through the fact that like we are just trying to under like make it in the day and it's it's so amazing that you were able to learn the lessons that you have from the first business because it really it clearly set you up for success for this one so
1: yeah I'm grateful for that and like let's not forget I started another business in the middle that like was a huge flop like luckily I didn't get too deep into it but it's not like Oh, you do it once. It's just, everyone's, the point is everyone's messing up. Everyone has messed up. Everyone will mess up. There's yeah. like, just, we're all just trying to figure it out. <laughs>
0: it's all part of it.
1: Right. Yeah, and it's so and true. yeah,
0: we're all just taking guesses and hoping it works, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. So let's talk about how to uh, go to market. So you co-founded it. Can you share a little bit about how it came to be? You mentioned you discovered this tech and it really, that's really, like you said, like the spark, this basically reignited. Can you share a little yeah. bit more about what went into it, how you came up with the structure? Because one of the things I love is how you approach the go-to-market merch differently than what I yes. have seen.
1: Yes. So first I'll explain about go to market because it's we do things differently from a traditional merchandise company. So we are focused on beautiful design. Our goal is to create items that people want to keep in the long run. So we want to see ideally the industry completely do away with junk swag. There's so much garbage that companies are handing out to people in the name of like swag and merch and even high quality stuff can be garbage if people don't want it or if it's poorly designed. So like if you give a Yeti mug, which is a very expensive high quality mug and it's got a big, ugly logo on it, you've also given someone trash. So um, there are a lot of ways that the industry goes wrong. And what we do is focus on the most meaningful, interesting, cool parts of the business and translate that to merchandise because what people relate to is not the logo they're relating to how the brand makes them feel so unless you are peloton or nike uh people don't really want to just like wear your logo on a shirt even if they work for you even if they love your company mm-hmm. so finding a way to do it in a more meaningful way uh where your logo is involved in your branding is certainly involved but it's not just like fully in your face. is totally. really and then the other piece of what we do is print on demand. And that is so important from a sustainability perspective. So the way the industry is set up now, and this is answering your question about why I was so interested in it, um, is there are minimums. So like when you want to order a t-shirt for your company, you have to order 50, hundred, 200, 500, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And you have to know all the sizes and you're ordering all the same thing, right? So like everyone gets the same shirt. Yeah. And it's that's very
0: costly and very little room for error in my experience.
1: Yes. And creates a tremendous amount mm-hmm. of waste. Yeah. So, and the thing is people are very particular about what they put on their bodies. Right. So like tank top, people don't want to wear t-shirts, t-shirt people don't want to wear tank tops. There are people who like, will only wear crop tops now. Cause that's what's in style. There are people who will never wear a crop top. Mm-hmm. Right. So like even if you think, you know, oh, most people are going to like this. It's like most often that's what you like. It's not actually what everyone is going to like. So offering choice in a print on demand, when you do it in print on demand, everyone chooses what they want in the style, color, shape that they want it. And it gets shipped directly to them. So like doing away with minimums, doing away with guessing, doing away with this idea that like the company knows best In terms of like what people are actually going to want, let's take the Yeti example. Like, if you're giving me a free Yeti, but like my most favorite mug is already in my cabinet, like I don't need another mug, Mm -hmm. right? Or it, or maybe I'm the kind of person who can never have enough t shirts, which PS is true. So, like, I would always pick the t shirt over the mug. Other people might do the opposite. So, if you want, the swag and merchandise that your company is giving out to have the desired effect, there has to be an element of choice.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm like, I said, I'm obsessed with this and I'm so glad. Thank you for <laughs> going into the details about what exactly go-to-market is and how you guys do it differently. Because I obviously the merchandise or just swag or whatever brand of materials is, are, is part of marketing. And so in my experience, it always has been very expensive. It's always been like, oh, we have to choose this quantity and this much. And like, that is a major, major expense. And Mm -hmm. you can work, you can so easily spend tens of thousands of dollars. And to your point, so much waste. And especially, I was at a company where we did buy swag for employees or at their major conferences and things like that. And it would just sit there, boxes and boxes. And then they would go through an acquisition or a rebrand or whatever. And like, it would have to change. And then it's all trash. Yes, it's so sad. But I think most importantly, what you said earlier about, because yes, that is so important and it it fills a really important need that people, and it provides a solution to things that I think people didn't realize that there was a solution. But I think what I love the most is that you were like, what makes a brand meaningful is how they make you feel and you i love that it's like it's ingrained into the core of what you do that like okay these are actually the benefits that like there is no minimum there there is you know it's print on demand it can be customizable like obviously those are amazing benefits but most importantly your approach to it is very much like no what exudes your brand why are you even getting swag in the first place as a way to market your brand and whatever that looks like so i i really appreciate that can you share why i know you shared a little bit about like kind of how the whole concept came to be but can you share why that particular piece was so important to make sure that it wasn't just an offering that you could and i believe if you don't mind sharing a little bit you have a design team that helps create the designs for them. So can you share a little bit about why that infrastructure was so important?
1: Yeah, well, it's like what I said that you could have the nicest quality thing in the world, but if it's just your logo on it, it's still trash, Mm -hmm. right? Like what we're trying to do is create something that people actually want, right? And that make them think of your brand and think highly of your brand, right? right? So like when I think about, the kind of swag that I'm excited to like buy, own, keep, wear, and talk about. It's never like the logo, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that it's a really limiting idea. And this also comes from my experience in the entrepreneur world, because I've been here for quite a while that when you're running your own business, it's very easy to assume that everyone knows what you do. Yeah. Because you know what you do and you talk about it every day all day long but people need to be reminded of it all the time even for bigger companies like the values become obscured when uh your company's been around for a long time and it, you're just like well everyone knows that we're about sustainability it's like mm-hmm. actually no people are seeing you for like you know 3 seconds on Instagram and how are you going to communicate that instantly. Right. And that's where your marketing and your branding comes in and swag is a part of that. So if you're showing up on your feed, like right now I'm wearing a t-shirt that says merch mentor and it's I like written it. really like neon fun way. So like, if you see this, if all you see from this is the still, and you see this girl, she's wearing a merch mentor shirt, and it's like an acid wash shirt. And it's like, cool. You're going to be like, you know what I'm about without ever hearing a word out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want. If I was wearing a shirt that said, go to market on it, swipe like boring next. Mm-hmm. It's not interesting. It's not telling me anything. So that's where that comes from. So you asked about the designer. So my business partner, um, her name is Jesse. She has been a designer and an artist for 20 plus years. She was my designer at urban girl squad in my first oh. business. And I, think that she's the most talented designer in the land. Like I just love working with her. Um and it's uh she just brings like a breath a a breath of fresh air. I was going to say a breath of breath. <laughs> Let's say that eight times. Um, to these brands and the merchandise and and making it something that's really special. It's really the difference between something that you get and something that's special.
0: Totally. And I I really love that. And so thank you again, thanks for diving in more about that, because you did mention it before of like, yeah, if you just slap a logo on it, it's not going to work. But I, I appreciate that you use the example of your shirt right now, because I was about to comment on it. And because it's it really, it tells me everything that you do. Merch mentor. That is what you do, you know, and it's a fun way to do it. To where it like it resonates with me, and I won't forget Swag Boss. Yes, she's holding a hat that says Swag Boss, and it's really fun and beautiful, and it's just so fun. And I and and also too something that you don't, in my experience, you don't see with these like brand and material providers because these swag providers because they're just like providing these just the standalone products and whatnot. You guys have taken something that people are like, okay, whatever. It's just a t-shirt or it's just whatever. And you're like, no, it's a moment. It's a. Moment. It's, an it's an
1: opportunity. It's an opportunity. Yes. And yeah. And I, and let's extend it to gifting, right? Like mm-hmm. so many companies are giving um, holiday gifts. They're giving partner gifts. They're giving anniversary gifts. And it's like, all of these things can be accomplished in your print on demand store. Like someone has a baby, you've got a onesie ready to go. Someone has like adopts a dog. You've got like the dog bowl and the, and the bandana ready to go. Um, and when you let people choose, so here's another thing. If company business, business owners are thinking, Oh, well, I'll just ask my team what their sizes are. And then I'll know exactly what they want. it's like, there's a problem there too, right? Like your team doesn't necessarily want to tell you what size they want. Mm-hmm. So, like putting the control into the hands of your team, of your recipients, of your gift, the people who you want to gift things to is really yeah. a power move because it they get something that they will keep you have the opportunity to give them something that they actually want and you're not creating all this environmental waste with like a gift box where you're like, I'll give them a candle and a bottle of wine. And like, "Mm, I have $10 extra. So let's put in like a pencil and an eraser. And it's like, what the hell? Like, why, (laughs) why are we putting fillers into gift bags? Like it's just so much environmental nonsense, like waste that it, it's like it's a total skip.
0: I appreciate that. And it's like clear you're so passionate about it and like I said you're you're taking something that like it's been around, right? Like merch has been around or swag has been around for so long, but it's like the old way of doing things just there needs to be a disruptor and that seems to be go to market. So thank you for what you're doing because it's very exciting and I know so many people. It's like I think swag is actually one of the most fun things for all businesses, especially when they see their logo on it, they want to make it more fun, especially now because swag has become more like it's beyond the logo and, and like you have said, and yeah, it's just so fun. So I want to get into go to market specifically about how, how did you guys come up with go to market the brand and what was that initial vision like for you? for you and Jesse because I assume she was at the start. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Perfect.
1: Um so how do we come up with the brand? Oh, I I haven't thought about that in a really long time. Um I think so our logo is an orange arrow that's moving forward and I think that we wanted So this is going to be like a kind of boring answer, but I think that we wanted to like have some forward movement and think of, have people thinking about how they can bring their products to market, bring their ideas to market and bring them to life really. Um, And so that was that basis. I can talk more about how we decided to start the company and how we work together. If that's always yes um, I, I want logo. to know
0: everything but I first want to acknowledge that's not a boring answer at all that's a beautiful okay. answer because it exudes who you guys are and the the longevity of how you envision go to market and so and I always like to ask people too like why do you choose your logo or why do you choose your brand because it seems like so silly but at the same time like at least for me and I imagine for anyone else who's going to listen to this of like No, it it makes a difference. Like I put meaning and thought into my company name and my logo, you know, and I think, It's, it's a personal touch for everyone. And so I think that was a great answer and it, it clearly represents who you guys are. So, but I would absolutely love to hear how you got, like what started it, how you guys started to work together and everything.
1: Yeah. So I, like I said, I had been trying to figure out what business I wanted to run. I learned about print on demand, but I have no design skills. Like that's really not in my wheelhouse. I'm good at a lot of things. That is not one of them. And I'm like, who's the best person I know in design? And I was like, it's obviously Jesse. And, um, so I wrote her this lo- I went for a run and I like wrote the whole email in my mind. And then I got home and in three seconds, just like whooshed it out. Um, and she said, yes. And it was like the greatest thing. It was like, just so exciting to be able to work with her on this. And, you know, our kids are the same age. So like, we're very much in the same, like, mindset about like work-life balance and like Mm -hmm. how we want to run a business and what our values are and I think the best part about our partnership and also I'll say my first business I ran that alone in this business like to have a business partner is a real gift Mm -hmm. um and the best thing is that we have completely opposite skill sets and interests like completely opposite so like there is no question about who is going to handle different parts of the business. So awesome. it, it's just like there's something it it really very beautiful, clear and clean and really clear. Like, like there, it's just like so many people start a business with their buddies and it's like you guys like the same things. Yeah. So it's going to be a problem when like, both of you want to do this thing and neither of you want to do the other thing. Mm -hmm. And so I'm grateful to have found out with Jesse. So I do all the business and sales and development and strategy for the business. And she does all of the design and tech and like implementation of the stores and like all the nitty gritty of actually doing the thing and the art and the beauty. That's
0: That's such a nice compliment to each, to each other because you need both sides. You have to have both sides and that's so nice that you got, especially I would imagine too, especially come talking about like the sentiment that you had before of like, I want this business to like complement my life. It's like, you have the support to be able to do that and to do it with someone you trust. So that's amazing. Totally. And to also have fun with it with her because she's the designer. I would, Im- at least I would imagine from my seat, it's like, She's the designer. She can, you guys can have fun together when creating this brand, right? Totally. And like, she can articulate what you vision and all of it, so. It's
1: also there. just really nice to have somebody to sanity check things with. Yes. So like, if something really good or bad is happening, like I can just drop her a text and be like, this is, this is, are you seeing what I see here? <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> you I know, crazy? often it's like, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> or like, if one of us has a blind spot about something, then we can help oh, each other
0: out. So yeah, it's all- I think that's probably one of the loneliest parts of business is because so yes. often you have to have that sanity check for yourself, but you're, you're a lot of the time self-talk is negative. And so it's,
1: or like you're sanity checking yourself with someone who you've hired, which is yeah. right. Mm-hmm. I, I Cause I had that in my first business. I had people who I had hired, but I was always like, I don't know, asking people you've hired for help is like for sanity check is tricky sometimes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For sure, one hundred percent. I always going I give a shout out. to Mariana, she's like my right hand. I love her to death. My ride or die now. <laughs> but uh-huh. I always sanity check with her, be, and I'm like, you. You always tell me it's great. <laughs> I'm like you always say this. I'm like Mariana. <laughs> but no, yeah. so I totally understand that. So okay, I let's talk about go to market the brand. So I really like I said. I love the answer that you had about this. The orange like arrow moving forward to represent this forward movement i think that is so representative of just like your core philosophy and clearly like just the essence of what you guys do and so i also really wanted to acknowledge that like even in your messaging like the i there was something that you shared and i'm gonna and i'm gonna call it out now on your instagram even that says anti-boring more anti-boring custom merch and swag designs. Uh-huh. And similar to like your shirt, you know, you take, you really put like a fun spin on the way that you approach swag. And like I said, I called it a moment. You called it an opportunity. You're creating an opportunity to, to make swag fun, to make it to like lessen the burden that it's been for many years for so many people. Can you share about, your brand outside beyond the logo like how have you been implementing that over and over like how did merch mentor come through you know all these fun things because it really is so different from other swag companies that I've seen so
1: um it's just that's happened naturally over time obviously when we first started um we didn't know what we were talking about. Right. And like, there was no t-shirt that said merch mentor. I wasn't even wearing branded stuff. It's like the brand identity. I feel like once you start thinking about a single topic every single day, like your ideas just crystallize, like they become Mm -hmm. clearer. And it took me years to get to this point where I'm like, oh, here are my values about like sustainability and beautiful design and being able to articulate it as I have on this podcast, like very clearly and being passionate about people showing up for their brand. Like I felt all of those things before, but couldn't articulate them. And so, you know, in the Instagram reels that I do and in like the LinkedIn posts, I'm just like understanding my, how my unique talents and, uh, can overlap with like my intentions with this business and like come together to create this brand. Right. Mm -hmm. And like merch mentor, swag boss, like, and, and that is, you know, it's a confident statement to make. And so it's taken me years to get to that point. Like I definitely, the first two years of the business was not, um, speaking, you know, I had, I mean, everyone has imposter syndrome, but you know, in the first two years of your business, you have it like the most now I'm like, no, I do know what I'm talking about. But like early on, I was talking to my friend who's a coach and I'm like, she was looking at my prices and she's like, these are too low. And I'm like, but like, I don't really know everything about this yet. And she's like, do you know more than the people who are hiring you? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, then own it, like be it. And so, I mean, it's, it's tough. Look, it's a tough, line to walk. Like, when do you start calling yourself an expert? When do you start believing it? Um, but I'm, I feel like I'm, I, I, I don't want to say, I feel like I am there now. I am there now. Yes. Positive language. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I think that that's really the development of brand has come. Uh, it's like lockstep with my confidence in my ability to talk about these things. And, and for Jesse and I to produce like beautiful stores regularly again and again and have happy clients.
0: I love that so much. And the reason being, because I, one, I can definitely relate, but I know so many people can relate because, and I think that's also the hardest part of marketing because like, there are some companies, right? Like you've been around for a while, but if you haven't, even if you haven't marketed, like that's when you really need to think about how does all, I love the word that you use crystallize, like, how does it all crystallize? And it's beyond getting really clear, speak, learning how to speak clearly about what you do or how you do it. It's like truly boiling down the essence of it, right? What are those opportunities? What are those values that you're communicating day in and day out? And I think it's interesting because And I'm sure it's so clear to you now, but like, even how you do it, it's like anti-boring, like using those phrases, merch mentor, getting playful and fun. But also at the end of it, I think because you, did you, sorry, this is a bit of a tangent, but did you create your logo? Like, have you changed your logo since you started?
1: No, but we did add uh, more elements to it. So the logo has been the same. But like, if you look in our Instagram stories, you'll see like, now the arrow is in like pink and green and blue. Got and- it. Okay.
0: Yeah. So you added like a bit more of like personality to it yes. in a way. So, yeah. but, it, but what's interesting is that no matter what at the core, at the start, the sentiment is still there. It's always yes. forward moment movement. And so I just think like, even though you don't know, like you may not consciously be aware It's like everything that you're doing, it's just, it's, it all falls back to that's like the reason why you started. And so that's why I'm calling this out because I think so many people who are going to listen to this are going to be like going through the same thing. Like I know hands down, as I'm speaking, I can think of five people who are going through similar things and it's just, it really Especially if, like you said, the first couple of years of your business, you really are just navigating it. You're really just trying to figure out how it all crystallizes. So thank you for sharing that because I think it's it's such an important sentiment and and it's nice to see where you are now and the kind of the journey that you took to get there. So
1: totally. look, it's very easy for me to say now to look back and be oh, like always.
0: yeah. but in the moment, you're like, what the heck? <laughs> like what yeah, am I, doing? I mean,
1: I remember that call where I was like, I can't charge these prices if I don't know absolutely everything about brand and merchandise. And she was like, Right, stop, yeah. <laughs> That's nonsense.
0: One hundred percent, and I think it's so relatable. And I go through that so frequently. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, okay, I want to talk about go-to-market marketing. So okay, I want to know sort of what your approach has been to marketing in general. I also want to call out so. You and I have connected previously, and I want to acknowledge your just one vibrance to everything that you do. Like every time I see you pop up on my LinkedIn, every time I see you pop up anywhere in the communities that we're in together, like you just are so engaged with it. You're so like on in the best way because it's not like you just being on. Like you're truly genuine about it, and you're also like of tenacious about everything like you you follow up you make sure to have everything prepared and i wanted i wanted to acknowledge that because it's so hard to do and it takes yeah. so much yeah. energy yeah. and i wanted to know Juan, how do you approach marketing and like because that everything i just acknowledged seems like it comes so naturally for you and you don't do it doesn't come off that you're doing it to try to like land a sale right you do it because you're genuine about making connections. So I'm curious to know if one, that's intentional, how that plays into your business or how has that impacted your business?
1: Sure. Well, I think that one thing I've realized very recently, and I don't know if this is a function of age or of being in this business for the right amount of time. I think it might be age. Um, I am going to be 42 this summer. So um, that's a lie. I'm going to be 43 this summer. <laughs> nope. 42. Oh my God. Jesus. It's okay. I have a friend who
0: thought she was still in her twenties and but hard reality. I mean, my
1: heart, my heart. I'm 27, but, um, um, oh my God, you need to edit this. I don't know. Um, I
0: can, I can cut that out. <laughs> no problem. First of all, you don't look, you don't, you do not look in your forties. You look gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, I think, okay, so going back, you know, I can edit that, but going back, so like where, oh, yes. how is that I impacted? Saying, yeah.
1: I was saying one thing that I've learned recently, which I think is possibly a function of age, is that, you know, we get bombarded with all of these marketing strategies that we see in from workshops and from people on social media. And it's like, do this and get X followers, do this mm-hmm. and make X amount of money. And like this month, and I think really until recently, I felt so much pressure to be like, okay, in addition to doing the things that I'm doing, I really should be getting out on the speaking circuit. I really should be going to conferences. I really should be doing like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? Like we all have things that we could be doing for marketing. Mm -hmm. And it's very recently that I've realized, wait a minute, I don't need to do the things that I am not good at and don't want to do. So for example, going back to the conversation about kids and work-life balance, like I have felt pressure from myself for years that I should be going to conferences, right? And retreats. Mm -hmm. So like in the networking groups that we are both in, people are constantly advertising retreats. And I hear about all this business that's coming from these retreats and these conferences and, oh, you should be at this expo and these sorts of things. And I'm like, I have no interest in just personally, I I know this about myself. I do not have an interest in arranging childcare for three days
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and leaving my family and like going to a retreat and staying at a hotel. And just all of it sounds awful to me personally, right? I know some people love doing that. And, and this is the point of what I'm saying. I love online networking in these networking groups that we're in, and I'm really good at it because it comes very naturally to me. Mm -hmm. And I like making these genuine connections. And I feel like I actually know all the people who I've met online. And because I make those real connections, they refer me to other people who they know. And I've realized like, it's okay to just do the thing that you're good at if it's working. Mm -hmm. Right. So for me, you asked about the go-to-market marketing strategy. It's really twofold. One is I'm active AF in these networking groups. And I am reaching out to people all the time, like just trying to be helpful Mm -hmm. and then deepening my relationship with people so that when a merch need does come up or when somebody is asking about swag in these networking groups, if somebody posts like, oh, I'm looking for gifts for this conference, like eight people will tag me before I even see it. Mm -hmm. And it's because I've created all of these relationships. So That's one. And then the other side is that I'm pretty active on social media. So I'm creating content all the time for Instagram and for LinkedIn. Um, and again, I am not interested in creating content for Twitter. I love consuming content on Twitter, but I am not interested in it. It would not be hard for me to do, but like it's not in my interest set to like create relationships there and do all the work that I would need to do. So like given that the networking groups and the social media is working for me, like I don't, I've, and, and I, I love doing podcasts. Right. So like, that's, I guess the third prong is podcasts and other types of PR and speaking. Right. But like I have very recently removed the pressure to like go to conferences and things like that. And it's interesting. I was just on a call with someone and she's like, Oh, you should really come to my retreat. And it's like, I don't know in Texas or something. And I was just really in the past, I would have been like, Oh yeah. Like I should, like, I would look at my calendar and think about it. And this time I was like, you know what? I have young kids at home. And so I'm not really doing um, retreats, but I would love to support you in like these other ways. And it's like, let's just be honest. Like I'm not going to your retreat, and it's not because I don't want to, and it's not because I don't think it's good. It's because, like, well, it is because I don't want to, <laughs> but like, not, not a reflection of uh, like what she's offering. It's just like I'm gonna keep doing the things that I'm good at that I enjoy, and because I enjoy them, I'm good at them, and circular, circular.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm so I'm completely obsessed. And also, you basically just summarized in your own journey why I started my business because of that exact pressure, because marketing is a competition. The industry fuels the competition. I'm actually doing a episode with a fellow marketer about this. And so Mm -hmm. I'll send it to you when I have it, but it, you just summarize every problem that every business has every single problem. And you also just summarize so perfectly just your own, ability to want be honest with yourself and recognize what you don't want to do let that be okay and also create your own strategy in a way that looks untraditional or unwhatever. whatever and but it's so effective and it's and it's something that you're so excited about and so I really want to like hone in on this a little bit for a little bit because it truly is amazing that you came to this realization because everything you just said i know countless people who have gone through it even myself as a marketer because we could so get it's there's so much noise we're like oh and you mentioned earlier you were saying like i should do this i should do that i should do like so many shoulds just right. because you should there's so
1: much toxic yeah. information on instagram out there like i really really dislike people who post things like I got X followers and X days or X money and X amount of time because it completely yeah. ignores the skill involved. Mm-hmm. It completely overlooks. Like when you see an influencer and it's like, here's how I grew my account. I'm like, you know how you grew your account? You're really good at this. Yeah, You create awesome, funny content and you're really cute and fun. Like, mm-hmm. That's it. That's not a cookie cutter thing that you can replicate. Sure. There's strategy on top of it. And I'm sure you're working very hard. I don't want to negate work, but it's not replicable. Yeah.
0: And if it were, we'd all do it. Right. Like I think too, what I've seen and a lot of the, like the one, as I see that constantly, especially in like Facebook groups, I see a lot of the time and just people being like, I've found the shortcut. I've found the secret to marketing. I've copy every step here i'm like no it's all bullshit it's all gimmicks it's all and i'm not again not with you like not trying to negate the work and skill that they did but we're also trying to compare ourselves to people who have gone through the trial and error themselves likely who like there's one guy brock johnson i'm gonna call him out but not in a good way because he's really honest about the work I about I follow him I yes, love him. love him and he's so honest about it because he's like you like he just calls out all the bullshit and he's like uh-huh. it took me eight years to get here it took me and
1: he's been doing this since he was a child yes he posted since he was
0: like 16 yes he posted like
1: <laughs> little bait, like baby I mean he was a teenager but like yeah. little pictures of him doing like bad videos right yes. and it's like He's been working at this for a decade. And he
0: calls it out. And he's hard. He does such a good job of harnessing what he has learned to where you can learn it. But like, he's a great example. Because yeah,
1: he's a great example. I've learned a lot from him. Actually, I paid a lot of attention to his account when I was first making reels. And, uh, Cause there are yes. things
0: that you want to learn from these experts, but there's a lot of, of the times, like the, there's a lot of experts out there that are causing the, that are stirring the noise and that are saying yeah. exactly what you said. I reach X amount of followers and X days. I'm going to show you how to do it too. That's not how marketing works. No, it's
1: the people magazine. They're just like us of Instagram. <laughs> yeah, like, that, that's no, I'm example. not like <laughs> Jennifer Aniston because I got the same coffee as her. Like yes. we're not the same.
0: <laughs> we are not the same. <laughs> that's a great example. But so thank you so much for sharing that because like I said, I have talked to so many people just, and like, I've experienced this myself because I've also been like, okay, I've been doing this for 12 years. What am I doing? Like, what's happening here? And like I've gotten into the same trap and it's just, you have just so beautifully laid out that problem, that comment, the most common problem I see. And the fact that you created your own way of doing it. And you're also like, yeah, no, I just don't want to, I just don't <laughs> want to do this. And like, you really you just lean into your strengths, you lean into what excited you and it shows and it shows because of how involved you are on these communities. It shows because of how on top of things like you sent me something and that I realized I did not even respond. So I apologize for that. But you sent Don't me worry. something being like, I thought of you, like when I saw this or whatever, like, I jet like, it's just things like that, that you can't replicate. It's just well, that's
1: why it's important to know what your skill is and what you're yeah. good at. And it's yeah. like for, you know, I, I've people ask me like, Oh, how do I get involved in these networking groups? And it's like, I can give you the steps, right? The steps are actually easy to follow, but like, if you hate it, you're not going to do it and you mm-hmm. shouldn't. Right. Yeah. There are other ways. Yeah. Right. So find the thing that works for you that you like doing, and then you're not going to burn out and you're going to do it well. And when you're doing something you actually enjoy, people are more interested in what you have to say.
0: Yeah. I love that. Before I let you go, I have a couple, just two more questions and they're going to be kind of opposite questions. One is what is the biggest, what's the most like rewardable thing or rewardable rewarding thing that you have learned or come to the realization of since starting go to market
1: um I would say and I've touched on this already like I am so proud of the work-life balance that I have achieved with this business like I am I work so hard during school hours and I am like with my kids when I am with them and that means like, I and I know this because I had my daughter for a year and a half uh, before I sold Urban Girl Squad. Like I was just, my phone was always open. I was always distracted. I would be playing with her for 30 seconds, looking at my phone for 30 seconds, playing with her for 30 seconds, looking back for 30 seconds. And now I'm just like, no, I'm with you. Like this summer, I my son and I, he's nine. We are gonna watch all the Marvel movies. All of them amazing. in chronological order. And I'm like, I am here for it. Like, let's talk about Thor. Um, <laughs> and I'm not like secretly checking my email on the side. And I, I'm just like really proud of that. I'm really happy about it.
0: That is amazing. That is a good reward. Okay. Then on the opposite side, what's been the most challenging?
1: Um, What what has been the most challenging? Um, I think when there's a lull in the business, not mistaking it for like a complete and total failure of yourself and everything you've done, (laughs) not catastrophizing when things go wrong. Even though I have a lot of experience like this, like last year around this time was like really slow for us. And it, you know, it's my job in the business to get sales. So it was like, uh, what's going on? Like I'm doing all the same stuff, but like suddenly everyone's saying no. And you know, the first few weeks it's like, okay, that's okay. And then the second bunch of weeks, you're like, oh crap. Like, am I tanking my business right now? And like panic sets in and then it comes back again. And you know, for us, it came back better than ever. And I still don't know why. I don't know why that happened. I don't know why the lull happened. I don't know why exactly it came back, but it happened. Right. And so like during that time, uh, it's just like hard not to tell a story that like, you're the worst. You should never have done this in the first place. Like you thought you were good at this, but you're not, you're bad. <laughs> so like, you oh know, God. just like no, find no your I way do. out of that like ugly spot. Um, And it's easy for me to say it now. Cause like business is great. And I'm like, I don't even remember who that girl was. Yeah. but like, it'll come back. Like it, it's inevitable that we'll have more setbacks. And so, you know, just trying to remember, trying to see the bigger picture in it. And are also you- not so have it reflect on you personally is actually the biggest takeaway. Cause like your business might fail. It might tank, but like, it's still like, you are still at your heart, like a good, smart person.
0: I love that so much. That is like that mic drop. Like you just, you just, you just have, uh, there's so many mic drops in this. I feel like <laughs> so amazing, amazing. So thank you for sharing that. What is one piece of advice you would give to new business owners or businesses who are like still navigating their own brand and marketing and everything?
1: Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna take it to just, I'm gonna tweak your question a little and say that once you have your branding in place, like get awesome branded merchandise. <laughs> And don't just put your logo on stuff and don't print like in large quantities, like just have enough for you and your team to show up in social media, wearing your brand in a really present, beautiful way. So that if people see you for just 10 seconds at a time, five seconds, three seconds, they still have a flavor for who you are. Um, And, you know, don't be afraid to talk about your brand.
0: I love that. I love that you use the word flavor. Um, okay. How can we support you?
1: Um, go to my Instagram, please go to market studio, follow us there. If you DM me, I will write you back. I love talking about, um, branded merchandise. So if you have ideas for your business, send them to me, I will send you an idea back. Um, you can find us on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. My last name is Hoffman with one F H O F M A N. Um, and you can go to our site, go to Market.studio um and tell people about us
0: amazing thank you so much amanda it was so, it was just such a pleasure to speak with you and thank you, you too for everything. that's it for this week's episode of the edge effect but the journey doesn't end here we encourage you to take the lessons learned from our guests and apply them to your own entrepreneurial endeavors as you navigate the ever evolving world of branding and marketing remember that it doesn't have to be overly complex but communicating your brand effectively is an ongoing journey It requires continuous refinement, a deep understanding of your audience, and an unwavering commitment to stay true to your story, the unique edge that sets you apart. Stay tuned for future episodes where we continue to unravel the challenges of branding and marketing through the incredible impact of human stories. Until next time, keep embracing the edge, embracing your story, and making a difference through your business. I'm Caroline Crawford, and this has been The Edge Effect.